Welcome to the How Fitting Podcast, where you'll hear from independent fashion designers and entrepreneurs about how they grow their business, making clothes that fit their customer and values. I'm your host, Allison Haynes. Today, I'm joined by Marquita Schnell of Lavina Collection. So welcome to the show, Marquita. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. For those listening who are just meeting you for the first time, could you share a little bit about who you are and what you do? Oh, boy. Well, uh, I guess we got to give the whole story uh, in the daytime. <laughs> I'm a program manager for the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency. Um, and in the evening hours, I am the owner of Lavina Collection, which is well started off as a homemade jewelry business or handmade jewelry business, pardon me. And I expanded to um, redesigning clothing as well as furs and um, some sourced clothing. So I guess kind of a, just a brand for ladies, if you will, Mm -hmm. in a nutshell. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah, I really want to kind of dive into what brought you into this and yeah, the whole story. So your, your, your day job is very different from fashion. So what kind (laughs) of, um, which is like equally cool. I love it how there's so many people that are like have talents in multiple areas. And I, I find it so fascinating how, so you can like bring those different areas together into something really creative. So I'm curious, how did you get into uh, fashion stuff since well, your day job is so different? <laughs> well, you know, sometimes it's, it's part of your blood. So I come from a line of women that are uh, very fashionable and educated and I will say beautiful um, and very creative. And my, my grandmother sewed my I believe my great grandmother sold, my mother sold. So it, I guess it's just a part of me. I grew up seeing women creating beautiful pieces where there's hats, clothes. They did not make jewelry. I don't, so I don't know where I got that from, but I guess it's just extending the creativity and make it in my own. Uh, I would make pieces just to do something and I guess to pass the time. Or if I see something online, I say, oh, I can make that. And this was before it was a business idea. And I would just wear what I would create. And people say, are you selling that? And I'm like, no, it's mine. (laughs) (laughs) And so after a while, when people kept asking me, I was like, huh, maybe I should look into that. Mm -hmm. And Lavina Collection is actually named after my sister that passed in 2005. And she was Mm -hmm. really, since she was closer, well, she was 11 years older than me, but she was I guess a mentor in a sense other than my sister and she was just so beautiful and everything was so well put together and so I made this business I started this business to you know further her legacy and pay homage to her and so that that's how Lavina Collection got started using my gifts and honoring the memory of my sister. Wow wow yeah that's a Sad, but it sounds like very like <laughs> fun way that you've been able to like continue the legacy that had an impact on you from her style. And um, so that's really cool. So yeah, like tell me a little bit more about, um, I know you also do kind of some styling and um, yeah, help, help people <laughs> kind of like find their, find their voice in, in 
you know, the clothes that they wear and their image and what they put forth um, in their career. So can you talk a little bit about that and kind of how, how uh, fashion and the way you look relates to, you know, your career life or your voice kind of as you're, you know, doing whatever you're doing in your career in life? <laughs> Okay. Uh, well, I did mention that I um, also am a certified image consultant and etiquette consultant. And so I started that right out of college after being certified and going away for training. Um, mm -hmm. I had a marketing class and we had to come up with something, a business idea. So I said, oh, well, I'll just do makeovers or something like this. So I did a, an image consulting marketing promotion or campaign or something like that. And I got my cousins and I said, hey, come be my models. I'm going to show you a before picture. They're already beautiful, but you know, mm -hmm. let's do a before picture and I'm gonna shop some clothes and do your makeup and your hair and we're gonna do some after shots. And I put all that in the PowerPoint. And I guess that started something like, man, I really could do that. And I would hear people say that to me, oh, you should be an image consultant. I'm like, what is that? That <laughs> word was, that was really not a popular word as a you know, teenager or a college student, you don't hear those things unless you're already in your career. You hear about those types of uh, careers and um, those types of people. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, man, after hearing that again, it's always something people see something in me that I'm already doing. And so mm -hmm. I'm like, oh man, that makes a lot of sense. And so most of my clients are, um, women in leadership, C-suite, uh, authors, entrepreneurs, people that are up front a lot because mm -hmm. first of all, they hate shopping. <laughs> a lot of them either hate shopping or don't have time to shop or they have high anxiety. And so I help them with their brand to present clothing and pieces that will show the world who they are even without them speaking. And so, as you know, in in any career or any job and you, you want to look a certain way and when you look a certain way, you feel as you feel good. And then also it, it helps with the perception that other people have of you. Mm -hmm. And so fashion is not about brands and um, labels and things like that. It's about quality and what looks good on you and what looks good for you and what you want to present to the world, mm -hmm. if you will. Yeah. I hope I answered all of that question. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I kind of asked a whole bunch of questions at once, but no, <laughs> you, you answered it, um, kind of like how you got into that. And yeah, so I'm curious, like as you're helping these women kind of um, refine their, you know, what they want to say with their fashion, um, how do you kind of like, tease that out of them you know and you know like do they always know what they want I'm assuming they're coming to you because they don't know like hey what should I wear for this event or I want to be seen this way at my job you know um like what things do you look for in order to find like what fashions and what things are going to speak that message well I ask them about I get to know them and mm -hmm. what their brand is, what their business is, and you know, what if they, what, what do you want to try? What do you want to stay away from? So I, I, I don't believe in just changing a person completely because that's not mm -hmm. who they are. So I 
create looks from who this person is, uh, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not, I haven't done like I did in, in the college days, those makeovers. I don't really do makeovers, but it's enhancements because they're mm-hmm. already beautiful. They already have their own somewhat sense of style, but a lot of them come to me for photo shoots. That's the main thing, photo shoots. So I, I just found out about the term a brand coach or a brand stylist. So mm-hmm. it's kind of migrated to that because most of these women come to me for their photo shoots, for their businesses. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, who are you trying to attract? Who's your customer? Um, what's What market are you in? So that helps tailor the look for them. Yeah, that makes total sense. And it very much relates to, you know, even as a fashion brand and with your, your brand. Um, I mean, that's how I think of the kind of customer research or market research portion of design too is, mm-hmm. you know, who is your customer? Who are you talking to? What do they care about? Um, you know, getting to know them really helps yes. on the design side. So yeah, it's it seems like it's very kind of a similar process that you go through even with consulting on, you know, image consulting for your clients. Absolutely. And it, it's kind of just fell in my lap, you know, but I just, mm-hmm. I just figured I'm not, it's not a, what is that show? those makeover shows it's not that it's enhancement Mm -hmm. you know usually people come on those shows and they're like I want to be completely different change my life (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. this is not the case now I've had some people that have you know come to me with that but that's a small portion of who I service Mm -hmm. yeah so how do you approach um your your design and like what does your creative process look like from that angle with your own creations and brand well uh first uh I'm a lover of history as far as fashion is concerned Mm -hmm. so my Mm -hmm. middle name is Chanel and my grandmother named me that after the famous designer Gabrielle so um, that's, that's a part of my, I guess, my original, my first line, my first um, jewelry lines was inspired by vintage Chanel pieces. And it's still a part of it. She had a lot of pearls and gold and just very rich looking pieces that transcend time, not really um, trendy, but just elegant timeless mm-hmm. pieces and so I of course I did not copy because that then it'll just make me I'm just a fake but they were inspired by some of the pieces that I would see maybe in magazines or even in some archives or even in that I went to the art museum and they had that Chanel art exhibit mm-hmm. and so that just got my creative juices flowing and just things that I wanted to see I wanted to wear that maybe I could not afford at the time. So something that inspired me was say, make it my own, that it looks like, it looks elegant and luxurious, but it's me and not someone else. Mm-hmm. That's on the um, jewelry side. Now, clothing, I'm not much of a seamstress. I don't, <laughs> I learned I don't have much patience to create from uh, scratch. Even though I have made pieces from scratch, they're very simplistic kimonos uh, that I still need to really learn how to 
perfect, but some people, they just love them anyway. They just want to buy them. But I'm like, no, 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 they're not perfect. <laughs> but I love kimonos and dusters. It's just a, it's a way to be elegant without doing so much mm-hmm. and not looking like anyone else. But my, my heart is for vintage clothing and repurposing uh, vintage pieces. So I love to create something beautiful from what is already existing to be, you know, and, and contribute to the sustainability of the planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it sounds like even that, you know, goes along with what you're saying about how you approach your image consulting, where it's not a, a whole makeover. It's like enhancing what's already there to like bringing out the further beauty of it. Wow. This is so funny. I've done podcasts before, but I guess because you have a a fashion business, you are able to tie all of this in. I've not heard this before. So, wow. Thank <laughs> you for that. Yeah. So I guess it's sometimes it's like somebody else hearing, hearing the story, like can pull things out of it that maybe you didn't realize yourself. Um, right. I've had that I definitely to did. Too, where people, <laughs> people tell me and I was like, you know what? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm too close to it to see it, I guess, you know? Right. Yeah. Wow. My eyes are open. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah. So like what, what things with vintage clothing and, um, like, what do you look for when you're finding these pieces and like, what excites you and says, oh, I have to like, like what gets the wheels turning for bringing new life to these pieces for you? Okay. So my first line of clothing or repurposed vintage was blazers. I absolutely love blazers. And I didn't mention I am married and my husband, when he first got married, he was in politics. He was not a politician, but he worked for politicians. And so we had to go to a lot of dinners and lunches. And I mentioned I have a full time job. And so I don't have time to get all the way dolled up and all this stuff. I have a full time job. I have things to do. And so blazers were something that maybe I had a, I don't know, basic capsule wardrobe at work and then I can go home and get freshened up and just throw a nice blazer on and then look absolutely mm-hmm. fabulous and so that's what I do now and I people crack me up when they say Marquita you just dress so nice I'm like it's really simplistic just a base color and a really funky jacket <laughs> <laughs> so I love blazers and so um if you can just have a, a nice collection of blazers it takes the the pain of dressing away And so I decided, okay, I'm going to find some nice blazers. I may throw some ruffles on it or I may embellish it. I may um, add some fringe. I may make make something patchwork, but it has to still be elegant. I don't really do uh, like the junky stuff. I don't think that's my niche. People have asked me to do it, but I do it for just specific people and I just go on with it. But I started with blazers. You know, the pandemic changed that for me. So I kind of went in a lull because people were not wearing dress up clothes. They were not wearing blazers. So I'm like, what the Mm -hmm. heck am I going to do now? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm definitely not selling leggings and jogging suits, which is not a problem. Nothing Mm -hmm. wrong with that. But I didn't know, I, I, I couldn't get my mind around how do I continue my business in this? And so I started making or repurposing army fatigue jackets. Oh, nice. 
Yeah. I was like, man, nobody's dressing up. So I'm not selling many blazers until I had that sale. Now, when I had that sale, people went crazy. But <laughs> <laughs> and that was OK, too. It's not like I lost a whole lot of money. I actually, you know, made up for what I put out there. But I, I'm good. trying to be mindful of you have to be mindful of the trends and what people are buying. Mm-hmm. And so I had to shift and going into army fatigue, but I will never let go of that, the elegance of blazer. So I know that's coming up for me next as the pandemic is still here, but um, it's going to be phasing out one of these days and people are going to start buying real clothes again. They've started, mm-hmm. but they're going to do it again. They're going to, it's coming back. It's coming back. Yeah. <laughs> or at least get tired of um, just wearing leggings and sweatpants at home. Yes. Want to throw on something fun, even if they're still, you know, on Zoom working from home. Yes. Like there's only so much of that same sweatsuit you could wear. Right. And I mean, that's what I, I, okay. So working for the government, we did not have to have our cameras on, but I did, I was on other Zoom meetings and other calls where the video was on. So I was dressed up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, present yourself well at all times. And so, listen, I wasn't going for the sweatpants. I wasn't doing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they have their place, but yeah, it's sometimes you just need that, like to dress up for yourself almost. And, Absolutely. Like, the confidence in yourself and yeah i i um i'm a big fan of like c- tailored coats yes. so you know, sometimes that's a blazer but sometimes you know it's just like wool winter coat or tweed winter yes. coat because it's like they feel so cozy and warm mm-hmm. but they like look so chic and like you said they they just you can just throw that on like the other day I had just like a pair of jeans and I had just like a sweatshirt on but then I mm-hmm. put like a blazer over it because it was kind of cold mm-hmm. and my family was like why are you so dressed up and I was like I'm not <laughs> I'm literally just like tennis shoes jeans a sweatshirt oh. and a blazer and they're like oh, you look like you're world. going somewhere yeah <laughs> that's crazy when sweatpants and a blazer is dressing up I got the yeah. same reaction a lot Mm -hmm. but it just like yeah even if like what's underneath it is not all that fancy like putting on like a a cool jacket or coat like just makes the outfit so but you know what another one of my secrets I don't mind sharing I am like the trench coat queen you can Mm -hmm. have the Mm -hmm. leggings and the turtleneck or whatever but I'll wear a trench coat and wear like a dress Mm -hmm. you know as as long as the weather permits you know but mm-hmm. I, I will wear a coat as a dress in a minute. Nice. Yeah. And they're, tear the they're just, <laughs> so, yeah, it's like chic and fun, especially if it's not like your your average black coat or black jacket. Like, right. And I know your your blazers that you do are not like they have they're fun. They have like unique elements about them. Absolutely. I appreciate that. Yeah. So where do you source pieces that you're reworking? Like, where do you find them? How, what is kind of the process you go through to, to get these pieces? Well, I am an avid thrifter and consignment nice. shopper. Um, I used to do it in college as a means to um, 
not dressed like a regular college student because I had a job. <laughs> so <laughs> I would wear business suits or I'd wear some slacks and a nice collared shirt. I, I didn't have to. I'm sure my I could have bought it or my parents could have bought it for me. But I was just like, oh, let's just go thrifting. And so I, I picked it up in college and I just never stopped. So, man, I love to go to the thrift store. And I had to stop for a while because my closets were overflowing. Mm-hmm. I probably could have my own mini thrift business as well. <laughs> I, oh, I have to. Sometimes I, I just say, OK, I'm, I'm going to give this stuff away. I bought it and I'll just give it away depending on if I haven't done anything with it. But mm-hmm. thrifting, vintage shopping, consignment shopping, that's where I find my pieces. Gotcha. Or if people, um, people like to give me stuff too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Marquita, I know you make jewelry. Here's all this stuff. Come and get it. Oh, Marquita, I, I know you do this. Here's all this fabric. So sometimes I'm going out to get it or sometimes it comes to me. Nice. Yeah, nice. I've heard that from like other, other people that, especially that upcycle clothing is the stuff finds them a lot of the time. You yes, know, people are like, yes. oh, great. Like I know a perfect, per, you know, the perfect person who would want to do something with this. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. So do you, when you're like planning what you're going to do, do you go shopping with a wish list of what I'm looking for? Or do you kind of just browse and let the materials speak to you? Now, if I'm doing something for myself, yes, I have a list of like, okay, I need the, I need some cream shoes. I need this. I need this. I need that. And I have a, just a working list. But mm-hmm. um, most times I'm just, I'm going for blazers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just going for blazers. And I hate it that one of my favorite thrift stores is gone now. It was the Goodwill on Forest Park Parkway. And when I say I knew where to go. I didn't have to go through the whole store. I knew exactly where I was going. I can go in and come go out. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to spend hours and all that because I knew exactly where I was going. So um, that's that's just it. Blazers or um, if I just happen to see something that was so spectacular, I may not uh, repurpose it. I may just keep it for myself. <laughs> <laughs> take first pick. Take first Absolutely. And that's what makes it so hard. Like I, And that's why I'm, I have to talk to other creatives. Like, how do you get rid of this stuff? Because I fall in love with it and don't want to get rid of it. But I need to release it so I can, you know, profit off of it. But sometimes it's so hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that that's even a great point of just like, being in a fashion business of like how do you balance kind of I feel like our our work as creatives can be so personal um and like we can hold it so closely and like get really attached to it as we're working Mm -hmm. on it and so then it's like hard to like put that out in the world and it's almost like vulnerable too of like oh what are you know are people gonna like it you know it's like a baby Um, so yeah I, I wonder like do you have any kind of thoughts to share on that or advice that you you've learned in that area um, of like making things for yourself and also for your brand? Well, you know, I'm still learning. I'm still growing in that area. Um, uh, I'll I'll talk about my day job first. Um, I had some support staff and he pulled me to the side. He's like, Marquita, why do you, you often second guess yourself. Why do you do that? And I was like, no, I don't. But I said, oh, I I guess I do. I guess I do second guess myself. And so sometimes as a creative, I do that as well. But then I I hate to put it this way. Sometimes I look on Facebook or Instagram and somebody made something and 
sorry, sorry. Sometimes it's atrocious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, and they're selling this. But they had the courage, you know? Mm -hmm. They had the courage to put it out there. So I'm like, okay, Marquita, if they can sell that, which, and I hope this doesn't sound like mean girl, but no. I'm definitely not a mean girl. But you know, everybody has their own taste. I'm sure people look at mm -hmm. my stuff and like, you know, that looks good on you. I would <laughs> never. And people have said that to me, like, uh, yeah, I can't get away with it. And I'm like, it's cool. So to each his own. But I say, if someone can create something like this, or that looks like that, and it's, it may not even be ugly, it may not be atrocious, but it may be so bizarre, so far out there. If they could create that, and they trusted their their creativity and their ingenuity and they put it out there, I can do it too. Mm -hmm. People are creating <laughs> interesting pieces of jewelry, clothing, art. They're just putting it out there. And I'm sure that took courage. So I'm like, if they can do it, I can do it too. Mm -hmm. Even if my piece may be a little boring, <laughs> but somebody's gonna like it. Yeah, like everyone just, has has different tastes and- right. Yeah, what speaks to people, you know, one person may may not be the thing for somebody else and vice versa. Mm -hmm. But I think that's what makes fashion fun is that we can kind of curate our own personal style and wear what we love and kind of be able to express that to other people too. Right. You know, that made me think of, didn't Gaga wear some kind of meat suit or something? <laughs> somebody some did I forget exactly yeah I think who. I think it was Gaga that wore a meat suit to some awards and I'm just like somebody created that and she said by golly I'm gonna wear this and they're gonna mm -hmm. take so <laughs> many pictures of me and it's gonna create a buzz and it did just that so maybe I should think about that too Gaga in the meat suit mm -hmm. she can do it I can do it too <laughs> mm -hmm. if anything I'm gonna get some PR some mm -hmm. buzz yeah <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and I mean, that's something too, is there's, there's those pieces that, you know, even for big brands, like there's sometimes just a piece where it's like the window piece. It's a statement yeah. piece that like gets the buzz and looks great in photos and gets the press. And it may not be like the best selling black t-shirt right. that everybody buys, you know, and in right. multiple, you know, buys multiple of, but it's like that cool piece that somebody goes, oh, that's really fun. I want to go in that store or like, look, see what that brand has. And they may not right. buy that because they may be like, <laughs> oh, I can't pull that off. But then they find something else, you know, <laughs> right, like, right, that's right. a total like that's totally a thing, too, of like creating kind of that wow, that wow showstopper piece. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I I'm loving all of this. But you know, another part of that, like if I had a piece that I didn't want to part with, I would put a crazy price tag on it. And if somebody wants to buy it, I'm like, girl, you can go ahead and have it. I try my best to make another one. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. That's the way I'll get rid of it. But you have to pay the price because mm -hmm. this is a one and done. Extra special piece. Yeah. Yes. Extra special. Mm hmm. So I'm curious too, and I think like maybe you mentioned a little bit about this of, or I, I heard hints of this, maybe I was reading between the lines, so correct me if I'm wrong, but there's a little bit of like almost hesitation to put things out there because like, how do you know when it's done or is it like perfect enough or like up to where you saw it at? Um, 
and I think that's another thing that a lot of creatives and, you know, fashion designers, um, you know, have to learn to kind of work through is like, when is it done? When is the design yes. done? It's hard. It's because mm-hmm. it's so subjective, right? So yes. um, is that at all like factor into your process of kind of like set it aside, take a second look at it? Like when, when do you know, like when the design is done says each piece is unique and special? Well, um, with my jewelry, I, um, I would, you know, sketch those out. And so, and I would put, I would write down what metals and what I would add to it and all of that. So the jewelry pieces, I, I don't really have those issues outside of, um, are they going to like this? Are they going to mm-hmm. buy it? You know, or do they love it enough to buy it? Cause some people say, Oh, Marquita, I love it so much, but then I'm like, they don't buy it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so will you love it and buy it. And with the clothing part, I do the same thing. Um, draw it out. And, um, I guess in creating it, I'm just creating the, I'm, I'm completing the thought. Now, when mm-hmm. it's something that's custom, recently I had a client, she brought, she has a photo shoot coming up and she said, Marquita, I didn't even know you did clothes, but I saw what you did for this lady. And I want you to take this Adidas, uh, sweatshirt and I want you to funk it up. And I was like, Ooh, funk <laughs> it up. <laughs> and she's like she is extremely gorgeous and she has different color streaks in her hair just a beautiful woman and I was like oh she might want me to do something that's not in my wheelhouse mm-hmm. but I said okay let me think about my me because she's like I'm trusting you whatever you want to do with it and then she gave me some pieces that she had from some old uh jeans she's like and put this on there too but I trust whatever you do I trust whatever you do and so I came up with the concept and I, lo- I looked out, I was like, okay, that's cool. And then I put, I figured out how to make the denim work on the back of it. And then I was like, man, I, I think she wants more. I think she wants more and this is not more. And so I sent her where the direction I was going in the first uh, picture. And she's like, I really like that. And then I said, well, what do you think about this? So I tried to put some pockets on it. And then she's like, uh, she's like, I'm good either way. But the first part was good. The, the, whatever you want to do is it works for me. Either way, it works for me. Do you like it? And when she said, do you like it? I was like, oh, man. Yeah, I really don't like those pockets. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I didn't put the pockets on. What I did was pin them to it. I didn't sew them on. But I was trying to show her the concept. But I was like, I don't like those pockets. I have to like it. And she said she trusts me and my vision. So mm-hmm. I'm going to take these pockets off. And it worked. And she loved it. So I have, I guess the to answer the question, and I'm sorry, I took so long. Do no. I like it? Mm-hmm. Do I like it? And would I wear it? Would I be proud to put my label in it? Mm-hmm. And so when she was like, when she asked me, do you like it? I'm cool with it either way. And I was like, yeah. I don't like those pockets. I'm not going to do those. And so that's that. I know it's finished. If I like it, would I mm-hmm. wear it? Is this a good representation of my brand? Yeah. And you can only do that kind of thing, which I think is great. Like when you have a clear vision of what you like, who you are, you know, who your brand is. Um, yes. So like how how did you kind of develop that? Cause even like developing your style or developing a brand and like, what is the voice or 
or the aesthetic of a brand, um, sometimes it could be hard to nail that down. So yeah, yeah, I guess like what are the guidelines for what you like and what fits and what you would wear and how how did you develop those? Okay, I'll, I'll try to I'll try to answer that. Um, so, with the jewelry piece, I said, "Well, I want this to be elegant, and you have a like a obtainable attainable luxury look and feel." So, mm-hmm. I, I consider myself mostly to be a classic and elegant woman, but I can have some edge, and so. That's what my brand is, classic, elegant, luxurious with edge. And so, but I was talking to my husband as I was trying to figure out, you know, what do I do with this pandemic? And I think I'm going to, I think I'm tired of these fatigue jackets. I don't want to do this for a long time. He said, well, you know what? I mean, a lot of designers, they have special lines, like everything from Ralph Lauren is not classic. Sometimes it's, you know, you got the purple label and the black label and all these different uh, aspects of his fashion brand, you know, mm-hmm. some of it's a little different. It could be Western, it could be black tie. So as long as it, it fits in the, I guess, overall aesthetic, but he was saying, don't get so stuck in this. This is just who I am, but there are more aspects of me. And mm-hmm. so I could do the um, fatigue jackets, but he's like, you really do have, you have an elegant twist on the fatigue jacket. On, on one of my famous ones or famous designs that most people like, I used like, a, I think it was like a brocade. And I, I put a square of that in the back and I had a grow grain ribbon going up the middle and I may have changed the collar, but it, it wasn't the typical paint splattering and patchy things that you're seeing all over the place. It was a, mm-hmm. a, a different idea. And it, it did make an army fatigue jacket look elegant. Mm-hmm. You can dress it up. And so that's how I, I stay true to me. I know who I am and what I like to present. And I want people when they walk out with a peace of mind, feeling a certain kind of way about themselves and being proud of what they have on. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, <laughs> my husband said he was out one time and he saw a girl. He's like, that's my wife's jacket. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and or she saw me and was like, oh, my God, I got my jacket on. So, I, I, OK, now I'm going all over the place. But no, that's just that, the it. excitement. <laughs> yeah. To be able to they know who I am. They know how I dress. They know what I present. And they're they, they love to have a piece of it. Mm-hmm. And so. If I could create something that somebody is proud to have, love to wear is their favorite. That's what means most to me. Whether yeah. it is a fancy jacket, a fancy blazer, or a revamped army fatigue jacket. There you go. <laughs> I, I love how you put that. Um, yeah, it's like you you know who you are. And I mean, that's that's what a brand is, right? It's like you can, you can, without looking at the label, you can look at the design and look at the little details and look at the overall aesthetic and you can recognize who it is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like that's that's a brand right there. So oh my gosh. <laughs> Love it. Oh I'm so giddy. So <laughs> giddy. 
I mean, that is pretty cool for somebody to say, hey, did my wife make that? And he's not with me all the time, you know, mm-hmm. in my creative space looking at what I'm doing. But he's like, man, did you make that jacket? That's one of my wife's jackets. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's oh, awesome. Cool. Yeah. Um, it's, it's always so fun to see other people like wearing what you've made, especially when you aren't right. expecting it. Just like out on the street, you're like, where? You're like, there it is in the wild. Right. Oh my gosh. Or you pop up on Instagram or Facebook. She's wearing it. Oh, mm-hmm. I love it. And you see them wearing it all the time. I made one pair of earrings and when I tell you this one lady and she came back to me to 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 do her do a um fatigue jacket for her and she basically designed her own she's like hey can you add this and do that and do this but it all worked for my brand and it worked for her but she Mm -hmm. loved this pair of earrings that I made and she was like can you make this in black and I tell you she's taking these earrings all over the world and bought pairs for her friends I was like wow and she makes it look so good. So I'm just like, wow, that is, it just makes me smile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get pic- get pictures. That would be so fun. Yes, got mm-hmm. lots of pictures. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so I want to um, kind of back up a little bit. And we kind of like dove real deep into the creative process and the brand, which I love. <laughs> but like, how did you decide, like, as you said, initially you had started jewelry making and, and mm-hmm. doing some of this um, kind of as a hobby. Um, what mm-hmm. made you decide to turn it into a business? Because I think um, that can be like a big step for a lot of people of yes. like going from hobby to business because there's kind of different um, elements and things you need to worry about or, you know, Absolutely. deal with with a business that you don't with a hobby. So yeah, I'm Absolutely. curious about kind of that thought process? Well, um, I'll say, um, again, I have to always go back to the government, working for the government. And one time, well, this happens almost every year. There's this, um, they talk about funding. I'm sure if you watch the news, they're always talking about funding and all of this stuff. So Mm -hmm. there's one year that we had a furlough and I think I was off. It should have been a month. I think some people were off for a month. But because of my job, I think I was just off four days. So praise God for that. Uh, But I said, man, the scare of that, Mm. of, you know, my only source of income. So I started, I'm going all around the Mulberry Bush again. But um, I started a multi-level marketing. Well, I started working for a multi-level marketing company. And then somebody, when I was working in really good, and this lady was like, well, Marquita, what about, your own brand. What about something that's your own? You know, and then when I told you again, where people were asking me, well, Marquita, do you sell your jewelry? Do you do this? You can do that. You should. People are asking for it. So I said, hmm, I guess I will do that. And when I came up with the name, I said, this all makes sense. So just to have something of my own, to use the gifts that God gave me to bring more income into my home, but also to just have a legacy of my gifts in the earth Mm. and I understand Mm -hmm. you know it can be a struggle as a creative when you as a hobby you're just doing it but for business you're right it 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 does have a different there are different elements to it and it can be stressful so um you have to have a good headspace (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. because if you're you create to produce and if you're sad or depressed or angry it's hard to create Mm. And, you know, if it's a business, you have to make money, right? So you got to create. And yeah. I also think 
that's how I started looking into um, sourcing other options uh, for clothing. So maybe I don't have to touch everything, but the fact that I went out and I, I handpicked this one item because it fits in with my aesthetic is, and it's also staying true to the brand. In those moments where m my head is just all over the place, I still will be able to provide something that can bring extra income into my home mm. and still be mine. Yeah, that's powerful. And it kind of brings up another thing too. I, I feel like the stereotype is that like traditional employment is stable and like having your own business is is not a stable source of income. Right, but right. then, you know, there's so many business owners like yourself where like the business started because the, ma the main job <laughs> became mm -hmm. unstable for a moment or for a Absolutely. long period or something. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's like take that into your like taking your your career and your your job and your ability to make you know, a, an income for your family mm -hmm. like into your own hands in some ways. So, well, if you haven't picked up, I, I am a Christian and mm -hmm. the Bible says that the gifts, your gifts will make room for you. And so he's given us gifts that we can use to help us to, mm -hmm. to bring money into our homes, to help other people. And so I was stressed, like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm tired. I don't want to work at anybody's store. I don't want to go do this. I don't want to go do that. Let me use what I have to provide. Let me use what I have to add to my home. So mm -hmm. um, it, I, I do have, it's a faith-based business. Uh, you know, my creativity, it comes from God. I ask for, I, I pray often for innovative ideas and um, strategies, what to create and how should this look? And give me a, I ask them, give me something I can make quickly or and I can execute quickly. Nobody taught me how to make jewelry. No one taught me this. I'm self-taught. Mm -hmm. Now I do plan to take some metal smithing classes, but I've done a, a small, a low, a small level of metal smithing, but I'm self-taught. And so I can't say that no, no one taught me this. So it had to have come from God. No, YouTube taught me this. <laughs> I decided to put some pieces together and, and create something. And there it is. So um, a lot of this, that the main portion, the main piece of this is my relationship with God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, recognizing the talents you've been given and using them for the good of your family and for others too. <laughs> and like bringing, yeah, bringing out the beauty that he has, he has given to you and others so I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm with you there so <laughs> awesome so um, another question I have is about the community and the people around you it seems like you have like a great group of um, like you've got your husband you mentioned and your cousins that initially like did your makeover <laughs> project with you so and I know as like a small business owner that community is so important so can you talk a little bit about the community around you and how that, you know, you even mentioned how you need to take care of yourself and your own like kind of headspace to be able to create. So um, how yes. does community feed into that for you? I have been blessed with amazing friends uh, and supporters. Probably have to cough a bit. <coughs> um, 
I've just been blessed with great people, even, um, you know, the family, if you will, that you have on social media, people that you've never met Mm -hmm. that support you. I've gotten that. It's people I've never met them, but they may follow me on Instagram and they end up buying something and they come back and they wear it all the time. So just the support wherever I get it from, I've just, I've been blessed with that. But also local business owners that see what I have and they value my gifts. Um, my, the first store, and I think the only store that I've had my pieces in, other stores have asked me, but the Vault Luxury Resale, mm-hmm. I absolutely love those women. Um, they've had my pieces in their store. Um, I, I probably, if I make something right now and say, hey, would you guys like to put this? They have a shelf space waiting on me, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes. And they also call me for their, um, I think they do quarterly pop-ups. So they call me to to present what I have. And so people like that, they don't there's so many designers in St. Louis, people doing so many things, but they call me, they reach out to me. You know, that is that is so powerful. Little old me, (laughs) you know, and they're they're selling luxury products. They their store is so beautiful. You know, Mm -hmm. they're they're nationwide. They're probably international. So the fact that they give me this small business owner working out of her home a shot is man it's so huge to me and other people have asked me but I didn't think our our brands um I don't think they meshed um I just I did the other things that they had in their store I didn't I didn't think at the time that uh it would make sense to have my pieces there but you know, I'm open to doing those things, but I've just had support from different people in different areas and it's just been great. So, and then you have people watching you and they'll just inbox me. Hey, Marquita, I see what you're doing. People will send me pop-up shop information or people that have Mm -hmm. different organizations. (laughs) Hey, do you want to be a vendor here? And do you want to do just random stuff? So, if you do, you're doing good and people are watching you, the support, it, it pours in when mm-hmm. you, especially when you need it the most. Yeah. I was just talking about that the other day with some other FGI members, fashion group international, and mm-hmm. just how the fashion industry has kind of the stereotype of being like competitive and secretive and yeah. kind of catty, but then once you get into it, I've at least feel like there's so many people that are welcoming and supportive, um, you know, throughout my career. And it sounds like yours as well of mm-hmm. that. Just, you know, we're all we all love fashion. We're, you know, like we're here because we love this work. And we love this industry and we love creating yes. things. And so to help each other out, it's, it's good for all of us, you know. Yes. <laughs> it, having your pieces at the vault it's helpful to you, but it's also helpful to them because they get to offer like a unique special product to their clients too. So you made me think of something. Oh man. I think last year and this year, there's a local, um, man, she has such a, um, vast skill set, but she's a stylist and PR person and doing all these wonderful things in the fashion community and uh, a blogger. I think she has a magazine and she decided last year that she was going to um, highlight fat people that are doing things in fashion in St. Louis. 
Mm-hmm. And she selected me last year. And I was like, wow. <laughs> and I was actually in a, a, a low period. So I was like, man, she sees something in me. And then this year she selected um, a list of the hot 50. She's been in Ladue News. And so I guess for Black History Month, she's highlighting Blacks in fashion. And so she selected my, my jewelry business. And I'm just like, wow, going back to community, you're mm-hmm. right. Sometimes, though, sometimes there are, um, I've heard of horrible fashion stories. I've heard about them, but I've also heard really good ones and I've experienced mm-hmm. good ones. I haven't had the horrible ones. Yeah, I, I feel like here. I'm blessed <laughs> in that aspect. So, Man, I, I didn't even know AK. I think we met on maybe Instagram and Facebook because I saw that she was pretty cool and I liked her style. Nope, we did meet at a, we met at one of my sister, uh, Stacy Pugh had a, some kind of women empowerment event and AK was there and another one of her friends. And I was like, wow, they just look so cool. And so I think that was our first interaction, but then I hadn't, ne- I hadn't seen her again. I think the pandemic hit, but she saw we, we followed each other on social media platforms and she saw what I was doing and decided to highlight my business and man, photo shoots yeah. and magazines and all this stuff. So that's community is great. It's mm-hmm. absolutely necessary, especially in your hometown. For sure. I love it. Um, and so many cool things happening in St. Louis, fashion and just fashion in general. And yes, yeah, so it's it's exciting to be a part of, definitely. And to see so many like cool businesses, some of some of whom, you know, like I I didn't know we're here. You know, it's like I've lived here right, for like right. 10 years and still learning right. like the cool things people are doing in fashion. Yes. I mean, you wouldn't even think that they were here because of the the level of their business. And I guess I don't I don't I don't know. It's like, wow, this person here, because people think that St. Louis is just like, why are you here, Marquita? You should be in New York or something in Chicago. But I'm like, St. Louis has some heavy hitters in the fashion industry. And mm-hmm. at, at one time, I thought, you know, we didn't, but we really do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We really do. And I know St. Louis used to be a hub of fashion, but it you know, we're yeah, getting especially back shoes. To that yes. So we're getting back to that just in different ways. And so I'm just grateful to be a part of it. Yeah. So am I. <laughs> I'm with you there. <laughs> um, I love it. Well, this has been so cool, Marquita, to hear yeah. more of your story and more of kind of like behind the scenes. Like I've seen your jackets and I've seen, you know, your outfits are always on point whenever oh, I, I see you. It. So it's like to hear kind of a little bit more about like the story that 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 led to those and kind of behind the scenes of your process. It's been so fun. Um, I have one more question that I ask everyone at the end of the interview, which is... Uh-oh. If you could communicate one value to the world through the clothes, either you wear or design, what would it be? One like, what value? do you want them to say to the world? I want them to say, what I want my clothes to say? Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's this quote that I like, show, dress the way you want to be addressed. Mm-hmm. So when you put on one of my pieces, you're definitely going to be treated very well because you're going to look good <laughs> and you're going to be well-respected because you're a stylish lady or a man if I decide to do that too. 
but uh, <laughs> did you say one word? I'm just talking too much. <laughs> oh no, that, that's fine. It more like one thought. It doesn't have to be one word. I don't think anybody said, well, a few people have said one word, but it's more oh. like one idea, one thought. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, yeah, I like that. It's like, um, your, your clothes, uh, like show, and ask for the respect and the, you know, kind of admiration in a way of the people that see them. You're going Mm -hmm. to be a conversation starter, but Mm -hmm. in a good way. Mm -hmm. Well, this has been so cool. Um, Where can people connect with you and find out more about your work online? Woo. Okay. So I am uh, Marquita Chanel. But my business page is Lavina Collection on Instagram, L-V-E-N-A Collection with a C. I know sometimes we're getting creative, but it's Lavina Collection with a C. Um, and my website is lavinacollection.com. And so that's where you can see what I have going on. I'm in the process of making some new pieces and launching a vintage ring line so that'll be coming soon so the the site is I won't say it's bare but it has the uh, previous designs but more is coming so if you follow the page you'll be able to see the cool things that I'm creating and that I'm going to actually release to the world and I keep for myself wonderful i will include (laughs) links to all those in the show notes so people can follow along and see the new pieces when they come out um thank you so much for your time this evening marquita i I absolutely oh i appreciate you so much thanks for having me and wanting to highlight little old me and to get me to talking because i I, you know i'm actually an introvert and i just stay in my little lane but uh, i really appreciate this (laughs) me too just what my soul needed (laughs) Oh, good. Yeah. It's so fun talking to you. Absolutely. You too. That's it for today. Thanks for listening. I'm Allison Haynes, and I hope you join me again for the next episode of How Fitting.